Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Democrats impeach President Trump in the House. Historic day. The media, journalism all over themselves. And President Trump rallies the base. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Stop putting your online data at risk. Get protected at expressvpn.com slash pen. Well, merry impeachment, as those at the Washington Post say each and every day. Merry impeachment to you. Merry impeachment, I guess is how they're putting it. It is very exciting news. The New York Times splashing across its front page. Trump impeached. And then the Washington Post, Trump impeached. Everybody very excited about the impeachment. The Washington Post reveled in this Philip Rucker, Felicia Sanmez, and Colby Itkowitz. The House of Representatives voted late Wednesday to impeach President Trump on charges that he abused his office and obstructed Congress with Democrats declaring him a threat to the nation and branding an indelible mark on the most turbulent presidency of modern times. Oh, an indelible mark. Is it so indelible? Because when people think of Bill Clinton's presidency, the only thing they think about is impeachment, not the economy, not welfare reform, not the fact that his wife would go on to become a Democratic nominee herself. Nope. They only think about the impeachment. It's an indelible mark. After 11 hours of fierce arguments on the House floor between Democrats and Republicans over Trump's conduct with Ukraine, lawmakers voted voted almost entirely along party lines to impeach him. By the way, the only people who did not vote along party lines were the two, three Democrats who voted not to impeach and Tulsi Gabbard, who abstained from the voting, who voted present. Trump becomes the third president in U.S. history to face trial in the Senate, a proceeding that will determine whether he is removed from office less than one year before he stands for re-election. Um, spoiler alert, nope, not going to happen. According to the Washington Post, on Trump's 1,062nd day in office, Congress brought a momentous reckoning, momentous reckoning, to an unorthodox president who has tested America's institutions with an array of unrestrained actions, including some that a collection of his own appointees and other government witnesses testified were reckless and endangered national security. It's a reckoning, momentous, momentous reckoning. And you saw Democrats cheering yesterday. Very, very excited about all of this. Then there was that awkward moment where they realized he's not exiting office. And you got that that famous gif of Kanye West where he's smiling and then it suddenly goes to like that. that that's kind of the Democrats as they realize that the impeachment doesn't mean anything because it's an entirely political act and they do not run the Senate. The Democratic controlled House passed two articles of impeachment against Trump, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, neither of which is a crime. Of course, the House voted 230 to 197 to approve the article charging abuse of power with the gavel falling about 830 p.m right in the middle of The Masked Singer. So you had this bizarre split screen on Fox where they cut they cut into The Masked Singer to show the commentators on Fox News. And everybody's like, wait a second, I want to know who that who the Fox was. Like, why, why doesn't someone just tell me who the Fox was? No one cares about the impeachment. Let's be real about this. On the obstruction of Congress vote, which followed soon after the tally was 229 to 198, all Republicans voted against both articles. Among Democrats, two voted no on the first article, three voted no on the second. Representative Tulsi Gabbard voted present both times. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi framed the day's proceedings. So here was Nancy Pelosi's opening statement. It was very solemn, very somber. And this was the supposed mood that was being created. Solemnness, somberness, solemnity, sadness, and any other S word you can think of that makes you feel very sober. 
Here is Nancy Pelosi wearing her Emperor Palpatine costume and then reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, which again, the last time I checked, Democrats wanted to ban from public school classrooms. But here is Nancy Pelosi. Very sadly now, our founders' vision of a republic is under threat from actions from the White House. That is why today... As Speaker of the House, I solemnly and sadly open the debate on the impeachment of the President of the United States. If we do not act now, we would be derelict in our duty. It is tragic that the President's reckless actions make impeachment necessary. He gave us no choice. Um, 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 no. You had a choice and you just didn't do it. Now, the best part, again, of all of this was the theatrical stupidity of all this, the Democrats pretending that they're very solemn and upset about having to do this, despite the fact that, again, they've spent three years openly screaming for for lightning to hit Trump, uh, openly praying that the alligator moat opens up beneath Trump, that Jabba the Hutt's gate opens up and Trump falls down into the rancor pit, right? I mean, that, that, that's what they've been praying for for three long years. And finally, they did it yesterday and they're like, no, it's, we're not excited about this. We're not excited about this. Yeah, you're not excited about this. Mm-hmm. You're about, you're, you're about as not excited about this as a new husband on his wedding night. Sure, sure. Here's, here's a montage of all the Democrats proclaiming how sad and solemn and solemn and sad and solemn and sad and sober they are. Today, under the dome of this temple of democracy, to exercise one of the most solemn powers that this body can take. It's with solemn purpose today that I vote to impeach. Madam Speaker, it is with a solemn sense of duty that I write. Madam Speaker, as we take this solemn, necessary step of impeaching President Trump. I rise on this solemn occasion. Impeaching a president is one of the most solemn and consequential. I cast this solemn vote for the many individuals in my district. Members of Congress swear a solemn oath to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and today we fulfill our oath. Madam Speaker, I rise with a heavy heart to support this resolution. I rise today with a heavy heart. It is with a heavy heart, but a resolved one. Madam Speaker, it is with a heavy heart and a profound sense of the gravity of this moment that I rise today in support of the impeachment. Madam Speaker, I rise with a heavy heart. The two most difficult uh, votes any member of Congress ever has to cast to, to vote to go to war are to impeach. Today, as Speaker of the House, I solemnly and sadly open the debate. This is a very sad day, and I do not take impeachment lightly. I'm saddened, but I'm not shocked. It's with profound sadness that I stand here today. It is a sad day in America. Today, sadly, we are voting to impeach President Donald John Trump. Yes, I am saddened, but I'm not shocked. Everybody's sad. Everybody's sad. So sad. Now, if you believe this, it's because you're unbelievably stupid and gullible. So sad. Oh, you can see them weeping, the tears. They're so upset. And they're so sober. It's like a funeral out there. I mean, it's a, so sober. What a sober moment in America's history when we have to impeach this guy that we absolutely wish would just effing die. Like, man, it, it's, it's just, wow, it's so sober and so sad and so sober sad. Okay, we're gonna, by the way, we're going to show how this uh, was not true in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that it can be very difficult to find the right part for your for your car. Now, if you are car illiterate the way that I am, this means that very often when your car breaks down, you drive to some sort of auto body shop and then 
The next thing you know, somebody is selling you a part that is too expensive. This has happened to me. Or you go on over to one of the big box stores and you buy the part and you come on home. Your dad drives you and you come on home with the part. You open up your car, you go to put it in and you realize that it is the wrong part and you have now wasted an hour and a half and you have to go back and replace it and then you do it wrong again. Yes, that happened to me. Instead, why don't you just go to rockauto.com? Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is incredibly easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and filter by brands, specifications, and prices. I'm not a car guy, and that makes rockauto.com even better because it means that I don't really have to worry about going to the store and getting the wrong thing. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and safe. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. It's a great site for car enthusiasts as well. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Shapiro in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Again, go check them out at rockauto.com. Okay, so Nancy Pelosi, she actually had to glare at her own Democrats. So CNN had reported earlier in the day that Nancy Pelosi had told all of the Democrats to be extremely sober, very sober and sad. And so they went up there and they did this routine about how sad they were, about how this is just, it's a constitutional duty. It's not that we hope that President Trump spontaneously combusts like a Charles Dickens character. We, it, it really is mainly that we just we love the Constitution so much. So yesterday, she announces the vote on impeachment and people start cheering. And Nancy Pelosi has to turn to them and, and shake them off. She has to turn to them and try. No, guys, don't do that. Don't do that. You're giving away the game. Stop. Don't you see? I'm wearing my black sober and somber and sad. I'm wearing my funeral suit today. You don't cheer at a funeral. Here's Nancy Pelosi announcing the impeachment. And then, if you could see this, this is why you should subscribe, you can see her actually shake off the members of her own party who are openly celebrating. The confetti's coming down. Everybody's playing. They're playing. We are the champions, the whole deal. And Nancy Pelosi's like, shh, stop it. They're going to notice you're happy. Article one is adopted. The question the question is on adoption of Article 2. <laughs> and people start laughing in the chamber because it's ridiculous. She's trying to pretend that they're so sober. And that face, man, that face. How'd you like to see that face coming at you? You're the grandchild and you took some cookies from the top shelf and you got that face coming at you. I mean, my goodness, that is not a great look. Okay, so the Democrats, very solemn and sober. Now, how do they actually feel about this? Leave it to Rashida Tlaib, who said that she wanted to impeach the mother effer to express how Democrats truly felt that she was on her way to the House floor to vote on impeachment. And the same crazy lady who went to a Trump rally and was thrown out for screaming at President Trump, the same rabid anti-Semite who was so crazily anti-Semitic, she voted down a Democratic anti-Israel proposition because it was too pro-Israel. Rashida Tlaib was walking to the floor and she's smiling and laughing. She could not be happier. This is the best day since presumably something bad happened to a Jew somewhere. Here's Rashida Tlaib. I mean, she is so excited. She's so pumped, man. woo But also somber and sad and sober and sad and somber. Here she is. Hey, everyone. I am on my way to the United States House floor <laughs> to impeach <laughs> President Trump woo! on behalf of my incredible district, 13 District Trump. 
Okay, uh, she is not actually winning an Oscar. She's just on her way to vote for an impeachment resolution that doesn't actually contain a crime. So clearly the Democrats were very upset about this. So upset. And we know that they're really serious because they are sober, sad, sad and somber. Serious, sober, sad and somber, right? I mean, we know this. We know this. Okay, then they get up there and they say just a bunch of crazy things, a bunch of crazy things about how if Trump isn't impeached, it's the end of the republic. So yesterday they go on for hours this way. Everybody got like one minute to speak. And in that minute, it was sort of a game of one-upsmanship. On the Democratic side, the game was, how bad can we say Trump is? And on the Republican side, the game was, how badly can we say that Trump is being treated? And so we got these parallel acts of stupidity where Democrats, on the one hand, were saying, if President Trump is not impeached, he will declare absolute power. He will, he will order Executive Order 66 and take over the galaxy. He will murder all the Jedi younglings if he takes if we don't impeach him on the one hand. And then on the other hand, you have the Republicans being like this man, this Donald J. Trump, this man has been treated worse than Jesus Christ. This man right here, this man has been treated worse than any human being who has ever been treated on the face of the earth. Yeah, we've had a few who were shot in office. But aside from that, he has been treated like worse than Lincoln, worse than worse than anyone. And so we have these two parallel conversations because everything is incredibly stupid and this is a complete waste of time. We'll get to more of that in just one second. First, let's talk about cryptocurrency for a second. So you hear crypto and you're like, ooh, that means secret. And that probably means bad. No, what cryptocurrency is, is it's basically a digital form of currency that is not manipulable by central governments. One of the great threats to your savings is the central government blowing up the spending and then blowing up the inflation rate in order to pay off that spending. And that will happen sooner or later in the United States. It's one of the reasons why so many people are interested in trading in cryptocurrencies, because once you have enough people trading a cryptocurrency, which is protected by blockchain, it can't be inflated. And so it effectively is a form of digital hard assets, like a digital gold. So the, the idea is that if you invest in those sorts of currencies, then at least the government can't manipulate you. Well, this is what cryptocurrency does. And this is why maybe you should explore investing in cryptocurrency. George Gilder, the economist, has talked about this. If you're interested in getting into the cryptocurrency markets, but you actually don't know much, why don't you check out eToro? You can check out CopyTrader by eToro. CopyTrader allows you to automatically copy every trade of eToro's top crypto traders at the exact price in real time. That's pretty cool because if you don't know anything, you can just crib off somebody else's cheat sheet. eToro's social trading platform has over 11 million traders, facilitates over $1 trillion in trading volume per year globally. You can access the world's best cryptocurrency. Sign up today at etoro.com slash Shapiro. That's E-T-O-R-O dot com slash Shapiro. etoro.com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now. Again, crypto, it's an interesting way to diversify your portfolio. And it also allows you to keep your assets protected from central governments, which is an important thing. Check them out at etoro.com slash Shapiro. etoro.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so we begin with the Democrats and their overwrought case. So Representative Jayapal, who is sort of an adjunct member of the squad, She's not really a member of the squad, but she's sort of like the fifth Beatle who who really wants to make it into the squad and, and is never let in. So she explains yesterday that if we do not impeach Trump, then we will live in a monarchy or a dictatorship, in which case I suppose that Barron does become an actual Barron and eventually becomes president of the United States, which is exciting and odd. Here is Representative Jayapal from Washington. Without that, we are no longer a democracy. We are a monarchy or a dictatorship. And so today to uphold my oath to Constitution and country, I will vote to impeach Donald J. Trump. Wow, just a, wow. She's, what, what a hero. What a hero. Jan Schakowsky from Illinois, she let the cat out of the bag because she's radical and crazy. Also, that's a, that's a wild Hanukkah pin. 
I mean, like as an Orthodox Jew, I got to say that that is that is pretty hideous. But in any case, Jen Tchaikovsky, <laughs> she, she's wearing a big Hanukkah pin on her uh, on her right side. She says, my son convinced me to impeach well before Ukraine. Well, isn't that sort of undercutting your argument of, of serious, sober, somber and sadness? Here is Representative Jayapal, in, uh, Representative Shikowsky in the holiday spirit. It is my adult son, Ian Shikowsky, whom I will always credit for my decision last June to support an impeachment inquiry. It had never been my goal to impeach a president, but Ian made such a compelling case. He reminded me of the oath I have taken 11 times now to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. He said, Mom, this is not about politics. This is not about party. Oh, it isn't. But also, I was interested in doing this well before Ukraine. Jackie Spire came out of the woodwork from California. Her, her last brilliant stratagem was that Mitch McConnell should recuse himself in the Senate because Mitch McConnell is going to vote to acquit. And obviously, he can't be an impartial juror because the process is not about impartiality, as the entirely partisan vote yesterday shows. In any case, Representative Spire goes all the way to Hitler. If we don't do anything here, then Hitler will take over. Here is Jackie Spire explaining that President Trump is kind of like when her parents escaped Hitler, they didn't mean to come to a country where Hitler could rise again. Here's Jackie Spire. My father fled Nazi Germany for America because he saw what happened when a despot became untethered. He fled because he believed in democracy and the rule of law and the right to vote. And today, today, all of those are in danger because of Orange Hitler in the White House. He's going to come to Jackie Spire's house and he's going to force her to receive a tax cut. Like, very serious people. Very, very serious people. <laughs> and then you get Al Green, right? Al Green, not the singer, the, the congressperson. Al Green, who has been for years suggesting that President Trump should be impeached. He gets up there with a giant poster that says, impeach now. Now, does that have a picture of like a suffering soldier in Ukraine or something like something connected? Or does it have a picture of sad face Joe Biden? No, it has a picture of the crying child. You remember from the immigration debate. There's only one problem with that crying child story. The crying child was not actually separated from her mom. Right. So that that that's that picture is not even like real. OK, it's like it's a real picture of a person crying. But it is not, in fact, an example of President Trump's evil brutality. The Washington Post reported all the way back in June 2018. That, that, that the girl's father told the Washington Post his child and, and her mother were not even separated, according to Border Patrol. So Al Green busts out this picture, right, of, of this little girl crying, and he's using that photo. And, um, and then what does that have to do with Ukraine? Like, it, I, I get it. You just don't like Trump, right? I mean, that, that's basically what you're saying here. And then you got Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries from New York. He suggests, you know what? People keep saying that this impeachment thing is divisive. That's not divisive. You know, it was divisive slavery. Slavery was divisive, which is like one of my favorite old jokes. One of my favorite old jokes is what's worse than finding a worm in your apple, finding half a worm in your apple. What's worse than finding half a worm in your apple? Stage four cancer. Well, y yes, it, it is true. This is not as divisive as slavery. You're correct. It's not as divisive. <laughs> Points to you, Hakeem Jeffries. I'm pretty sure that doesn't mean it's not divisive, but like, yeah, if you're going to go to like you're having a fight. Uh, I can't imagine breaking this out in a fight with my wife. She's like, God, you're just being terrible. Really? Am I being as terrible as the people who enslaved people? 
that's kind of a non sequitur. Here's Hakeem Jeffries. They're dropping far side S. Gary Larson non sequiturs. There are some who cynically argue that the impeachment of this president will further divide an already fractured union. But there is a difference between division and clarification. Slavery once divided the nation, but emancipators rose up to clarify that all men are created equally. Um, okay. Meanwhile, Tulsi Gabbard saying the only thing that is true. And Tulsi Gabbard, who may run as an independent, by the way, she released a statement on the impeachment of President Trump, and she said that this is a partisan effort, and so I'm voting president. She said, I'm standing in the center. I've decided to vote president. I could not in good conscience vote against impeachment because I believe President Trump is guilty of wrongdoing. I also could not in good conscience vote for impeachment because removal of a sitting president must not be the culmination of a partisan process fueled by tribal animosities that have so gravely divided our country. When I cast my vote in support of the impeachment inquiry nearly three months ago, I said that in order to maintain the integrity of this solemn undertaking, it must not be a partisan endeavor. Tragically, that's what it has been. On the one side, the president's defenders insist that he has done nothing wrong. They agree with the absurd proclamation that his conduct was perfect. They've abdicated their responsibility to exercise legitimate oversight and instead blindly do the bidding of their party's leader. On the other side, the president's opponents insist that if we do not impeach, our country will collapse into dictatorship. All but explicitly, they accuse him of treason. Such extreme rhetoric was never conducive to an impartial fact-finding process. How have you all made me into a Tulsi Gabbard fan? How? How? I mean, she's the only reasonable person in the House, apparently. And meanwhile, on the Republican side of the aisle, Kevin McCarthy, the, the House Minority Leader, he said something that is true. He got all sorts of flack for it. He said this is obviously an attempt to appease the Democrat partisan socialistic base, which is which is true. Nancy Pelosi, who it's funny, she was being praised yesterday for her iron control of the House. The fact is, if she hadn't lost control of the House back in March to Ilhan Omar, then none of this would have happened. If she had not lost control to the radicals in her party, she wouldn't have moved forward with this thing. She lost control. She tried to reassert control by pushing for impeachment. She thought there would be more there than there was. There wasn't enough there, and she pushed forward anyway. Here's McCarthy. It didn't have to be this way. Is this why we came here to serve? To trample on due process rights? To issue more subpoenas than laws? To appease the new Democrat socialist base? Um, everybody's booing. No, he's right. He's right. Okay, but then there were the Republicans who were wrong. So Representative Mike Kelly gets up there from Pennsylvania and he says, this is like Pearl Harbor. Nope, not so much. You know, like when the Japanese Imperial forces attacked America at Hawaii and killed a thousand Americans, more than a thousand Americans. Not not so much like that. I mean, like if I were going to go with like things that it's like, that's not high on the list. Here he is saying a thing. On December 7th, 1941, a horrific act happened in, in, in the United States. And this one that President Roosevelt said, this is a date that will live in infamy. Today, December the 18th, 2019, is another date that will live in infamy. When just because you hate the President of the United States and you can find no other reason other than the fact that you're so blinded by your hate that you can't see straight, that you've decided the only way we can make sure this President doesn't get elected again is to impeach him. Okay, um, it's not really like Pearl Harbor, like, at all. And then the worst one was, was Representative Barry Loudermilk from Georgia. He gets up and he says, President Trump is being treated worse than Jesus. Well, seeing as Jesus was actually crucified and died on the cross, if you're a Christian for his sins, was resurrected. If you're a Jew, just died on the cross. No matter how you slice it, 
wasn't particularly great for Jesus. That trial was not, I would say, like a real great example of due process. I'm going to go with no on the Trump to Jesus comparison on this one. Before you take this historic vote today, one week before Christmas, I want you to keep this in mind. When Jesus was falsely accused of treason, Pontius Pilate gave Jesus the opportunity to face his accusers. During that sham trial, Pontius Pilate afforded more rights to Jesus than the Democrats have afforded this president and this process. Merry Christmas to you. I mean, (laughs) whoa, (laughs) nope. That's a no on that. So things that, just for the record, things that this impeachment is not like. The Salem Witch Trials, the crucifixion of Jesus, Pearl Harbor, things the impeachment is like, and impeachment. Just going to put that out there. I feel like that's a safe thing to say. Okay, in a second, we're going to get to President Trump's response to all of this because President Trump went off. He went off. And then we'll get to Nancy Pelosi's latest stratagem. Wow, the master strategist at work. Nancy Pelosi. And we'll get to that in one second. This whole thing is so stupid. I'm sorry, it's idiotic. We'll get to all of this in one, in one idiotic second. First, let's talk about the fact that if you are running a business, you need to make sure that you have all the numbers in front of you. Like we have here at Daily Wire, an entire finance and accounting department designed to track all the numbers. And we have an integrated system. One of the reasons we have an integrated system is because we have been using NetSuite. And you should use NetSuite also because if you're using a variety of systems, like you're an old-fashioned company and you got one person using Excel and you've got another person who is using the, the uh, MacBooks and, and you have just people using various different applications, various different ways of keeping track of your finances, you're not getting the full picture of your business. Well, this is why you need an integrated business solution. And this is where NetSuite comes in. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But a lot of growing businesses have that hodgepodge of business systems. Now you need NetSuite by Oracle. It's the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. With NetSuite, you save time, money, unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting orders, HR instantly, right from your desktop or phone. Managing a business without understanding every aspect of your business, it's a fool's errand. It makes your business less efficient. Pledge to make your business more efficient in the new year. Go to NetSuite right now. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash Shapiro. That is netsuite.com slash Shapiro to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash Shapiro. That is N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now. Okay, so President Trump responds to all of this hubbub yesterday. He has a tweet on the impeachment, and this is actually correct. Okay, this is actually correct. It's a picture of President Trump in black and white staring at the camera, man style. And it says, in reality, they're not after me. They're after you. I'm just in the way. That's how most conservatives feel. This is what I've been pointing out over the last several days. This ain't about Ukraine. It ain't about what Trump did or what he didn't do. What this is really about for most Americans is the media and the Democrats targeting Trump because they hate that Trump is president and they hate that a lot of people voted for him. And I I think that that's what the polls are showing. The polls have cut against this impeachment. The Democrats did not prove a bipartisan case. They did not even prove criminal conduct. Instead, they just threw something against the wall. They threw the poop against the wall. It didn't quite stick. And now they're mad about it. So President Trump did this huge rally in Michigan last night. He got up on stage as soon as they started the vote because it was obvious that this whole thing was, was going to go in favor of impeachment, that it wasn't going to be stopped. Mike Pence began the rally. He introduced the rally by saying this thing is a complete disgrace. So here is the vice president of the United States saying that this thing is a disgrace. You know, what's going on in Washington, D.C. tonight is a disgrace. 
From day one of this administration, Democrats in Washington have been trying to overturn the results of the last election. And they're back at it tonight with this partisan impeachment vote. You know, the truth is, men and women, they're trying to impeach this president because they know they can't defeat this president. Okay, and there is truth to all this. President Trump, for his part, he was jazzed up about this. Here's the thing. Trump thrives on the conflict. He kind of likes the conflict. So President Trump gets up. This is his favorite place to be, under fire in front of a big crowd of supporters. That is his place. I mean, that is his comfort place. Some of us have a quiet room where we sip coffee and think about our lives. President Trump has giant rallies filled with supporters where he yells about how how he's being smacked around and how he's going to take those hits. He loves this. So here's President Trump in the mood, in the mood to rumble. He says, it doesn't feel like we're being impeached because the reality is most Americans don't care about it. And he's correct about this. It doesn't really feel like we're being impeached. (laughs) The country is doing better than ever before. We did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. And we have tremendous support in the Republican Party like we've never had before. Nobody's ever had this kind of support. Okay, and then he goes on and he says, listen, Democrats right here, they're not declaring their hatred for me. They're declaring their hatred for the American voter. With today's illegal, unconstitutional and partisan impeachment, the do-nothing Democrats, and they are do-nothing. All they want to do is focus on this. What they could be doing are declaring their deep hatred and disdain for the American voter. Again, he is correct about this. When he says that this is really about the Democrats can't accept what happened in the last election, correct. And then he goes on. He says Democrats have branded themselves with the mark of shame. (laughs) Okay, if you like theatrics, this is your sort of thing. If you feel like it's a little bit overwrought, that that, that, like on all sides, then I guess you're kind of bored. But if you love theater, man, the circus is in town and let's do this thing. Through their depraved actions today, Crazy Nancy Pelosi's House Democrats have branded themselves with an eternal mark of shame. And it really is. It's a disgrace. Okay, all of this is fine. And then President Trump gets a rolling. Then he gets a rolling. And once Bluto's rolling, don't stop him. So he starts with the insults, the insult comedy. So there's another one of President Trump's favorite things to do. So he starts off by going after crooked Hillary. You know, you go with the old crowd pleasers, the old favorites. He says, Bill is walking around the house calling for Crooked Hillary. So what happens is Bill Clinton said to Crooked Hillary, his very dishonest wife, said, Crooked Hillary, do you think he calls her Crooked Hillary? Maybe he just calls her Crooked. He said, Crooked, I'm telling you. Crooked. (laughs) Okay, so that's funny. Okay, and then he goes after Adam Schiff again. Now, he's already called him Pencil Neck. Then he starts talking about how Adam Schiff is ugly. So we basically got Triumph, the insult comic dog, doing a presidential address. <laughs> America. Here's President Trump going after Adam Schiff and calling him an ugly Mike. Yeah, just like Lincoln would. Just like Lincoln. No, he's a corrupt. And then I see him, by the way. You ever see this guy? He walks up to the mics. I mean, we're not in all fair. Look, I don't want to be because... With me, too, I never even think about looks anymore, okay? I don't talk about looks of a male or a female. But in his case, let's just say, last time I'll ever refer to this, he's not exactly the best-looking guy we've ever seen. So, 
Oh, it's so stupid. Everything is stupid. The impeachment is stupid. The response to the impeachment is stupid. The speech is stupid. Everything's stupid. Uh, if you can't enjoy this, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, at least you got to enjoy the ride, man. Again, we all bought this ticket. We all have a part to play here. We'll get to President Trump. So President Trump starts with the insult comedy. And he starts here. And it's like, it's pretty good. And then he's sort of like, eh, well, you're getting into a little dicier territory. And then President Trump is like, they're still laughing. They're still laughing. Watch me throw out a full-on Richard Pryor. And then he just goes for it. And we'll talk to, we'll talk about President Trump going for it and why him having no lines is like the biggest obstacle to his own re-election is Trump, right? Obviously. And then we'll get to the Democratic strategy on impeachment moving forward, which is one of the dumber strategies I have ever heard in my entire life. We'll get to that in just one second. First, hiring can be a challenge, not just for those of us here at The Daily Wire, also for Codable founder Gretchen Hebner. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. And that's why she headed over to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience, invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter. She said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter candidates so she could focus on the best ones. And that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Finding the right employees can make your company so much better. Like say that you had a producer and that producer had risen all the way through the ranks of your company. I mean, just really a stellar employee. And say that he had made just one mistake in his life. And that was that he had not proposed to his longtime girlfriend. And you were just on the verge of thinking to yourself, this guy has bad judgment. We have to get rid of this guy. But then he made the proposal. Well, then you wouldn't have to use ZipRecruiter. But if you do need to replace somebody, if you do need to replace somebody, or you need to get a new employee who's fantastic, ZipRecruiter.com is the way to do it. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And by the way, congratulations to Mathis and Caitlin who got engaged yesterday. For those of you who are longtime followers of the show, those names have cropped up before. Mathis is like the very first producer on this show. And he is now like one of the heads of production. And he just proposed to Caitlin, who also works in our office. It's like amazing news. I'm very happy about that. Also, good news for you. We have the perfect gift for you to give this holiday season the gift of a Daily Wire membership. From now until January 1st, all Insider Plus gift memberships will be 25% off. That means your loved one will get all the fantastic perks, plus the majestic Leftist Tears Tumblr, and you will receive the savings. If you're not already a subscriber, you are really missing out. Head on over to dailywire.com and subscribe again. That's 25% off all Insider Plus gift memberships this holiday season. Give them a gift. They will thank you for all year long. Go to dailywire.com slash gift to get your 25% off again. That's dailywire.com slash gift. Get your 25% off. Do not wait. Stop depriving yourself. Come join the fun. Also, one of the reasons why you should absolutely subscribe is because you get awesome Sunday specials on Saturday. This Sunday special has on Kirk Cameron, the heartthrob for every woman who is over the age of like 25. And Mike Seaver, Mike Seaver stopped by and he's become a marriage and family advocate. He's a deep, deeply believing Christian, really a fascinating guy, a really great dude. Here's a little bit of what that sounded like. By the time I, I graduated high school, uh, doors were opening for an acting career. And I thought I might as well keep this, this career going. And the doors that were opening were lining up with what was 
happening to me on the inside. I want to be about things that promote faith. I want to be about things that promote family and marriage. And here I am uh, looking in the rearview mirror saying, this has been awesome. It's pretty spectacular. I mean, this is somebody who, who really gave up some fame and fortune to lead a more fulfilling life. Kirk has like, he has six kids, four of them adopted. What an amazing dude. Go check that out. The Sunday special, it comes out on Saturday if you are a subscriber. You should subscribe anyway. And again, you get the 25% off all the way until January 1st. We are the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Okay, so President Trump's response to the impeachment is pretty much right on. It's like, look, this is just partisan. They're after you. They're not really after me. And that is true. But President Trump just reminded us last night that his greatest asset is the fact that the media hate him and the fact the Democrats hate him. And his greatest foible is the fact that he cannot stop himself. So he starts with the insult comedy at his rally in Michigan, and he starts off with the crooked Hillary bit, which is very funny. And then he goes on to the Adam Schiff bit, which is a little bit less funny, but still kind of funny. And then he goes after John Dingell. John Dingell, so Debbie Dingell's a representative in Michigan. She just took over her husband, John Dingell's seat. John Dingell was in Congress for 1,000 years, and he recently died. And Trump, in the middle of this rally, sort of dumps out the idea that John Dingell may be in hell, which is like, Oh, my God. Why? Why? Here's the president. Do this. Do that. Do that. Rotunda. Everything. I gave him the, everything. That's OK. I don't want anything for it. I don't need anything for anything. She calls me up. It's the nicest thing that's ever happened. Thank you so much. John would be so thrilled. He's looking down. He'd be so thrilled. Thank you so much, sir. I said, that's OK. Don't worry about it. Maybe he's looking up. I don't know. Okay, so Debbie Dingell then went on national TV and she's like, um, you probably shouldn't imply that my husband's in hell. Like, that seems like not a good thing to do. And um, correct, fact check true. You probably shouldn't do that. Here's Debbie Dingell. You know, I think it's time to put politics aside on these kind of shots. I try to be respectful of everybody. I've never taken a personal shot at this president. I think his family is off limits. Uh, I was very grateful. Uh, by the way, he, I didn't call him. He called me to tell me he was lowering the flags. And that meant a lot. I don't want to politicize my husband. I don't want to politicize his death. It is still something that I'm really grieving over. This Thanksgiving was really hard, and Christmas is harder. And I'm going to go back to doing my job and doing a good job for the people of my district. Okay, so again, the, the greatest threat to Trump's re-election is, is not the Democrats, it's not the media, it's Trump doing this kind of stuff. Okay, speaking of the media, the media yesterday just, I mean, they put on their somber, sad, serious, sober faces, and they went right along with Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, Dana Bash over at CNN going, this was very serious and very grave. You could feel the gravity on the floor. So many sad Democrats. Yes, I'm sure, they were, they were heartbroken, just like the members of the media who are going out and back, popping champagne, as we'll show you in a moment. You can feel it in the air here. It feels different. It is palpable that this is uh, momentous, that this is grave. And again, it is, despite the Democrats' talking points, not something that this speaker wanted to do for and about this president. They definitely didn't want to do it, guys. They By the way, Nancy Pelosi said everybody has a spring in their step this morning. So yeah, they sort of did. Wolf Blitzer did the same thing. It's a sober moment on Capitol Hill, says Wolf. In any minute we expect, I think there are about 234 uh, House Democrats. Uh, they have the majority now since the 2018 election. In any moment we expect uh, many, if not m most or even all potentially of them to come to the floor of the House of Representatives and stand with Speaker Pelosi as they begin this procedure, this uh, very serious rebuke of President Trump. 
uh, the impeachment. Only the third time in American history it's happened. Yeah, it's a somber, somber mood up on Capitol Hill. Such a somber mood. Supremely somber. So somber. Here's Nancy Pelosi this morning saying, um, also, we have a spring in our step. Weird. And now she's wearing, again, she's, you, you can chart her mood by the, by the wardrobe. I, I like that. It's sort of like in movies, when they cast movies and when, when they decide to do wardrobe for movies, they tend to have the garments reflect the interior mood of the person. So if you watch the Star... Uh, I've made a bunch of Star Wars references. It's on my mind. My kids are into it right now. If you watch Emperor Palpatine, when he's Senator Palpatine, he wears blues and reds. And then as he becomes Emperor Palpatine, he wears black. So yesterday she was in her Emperor Palpatine mood. Now she is in her Senator Palpatine mood. And she says, no, listen, I'm happy today. Today I'm a happy... Really, what happened to sad, somber, sober, serious Nancy? What happened to her? Here she is. Now she's got a spring in her step and she's got some... She's got a smile on her lips and... Okay, here she is. We've been hearing from people all over the country in the last, since last night and this morning. Seems like people have a spring in their steps because the president was held accountable for his reckless behavior. No one is above the law and the constitution is the supreme law of the land. No one is above the law and the president has been held accountable. She looks so upset and so sad. I mean, like, she's going to cry right there. Also, she, she, she started then hobbling away going, when there's a shine on your shoes, there's a melody in your heart. What a singable, happy feeling. Wonderful way to start. When there's a, like, full Fred Astaire routine from the bandwagon. It was really weird, but she did it anyway. The Washington Post reporters were also extremely excited. So the Washington Post reporters, they went out drinking. Here was their picture. Do they look somber, sober, sad, serious? Rachel Bade, who's one of the reporters, she tweeted out, Mary Impeachmas from the Washington Post team. PK Capital is buying. And this is and, and then she had to delete it. She's like, I didn't really mean that we're pro-impeachment. Oh, yes, you, you look super, super sober, sad, somber, serious. I remember when you took this picture like last week in the middle of the impeachment hearings. And then you, no, nope, no. And then she's like, we didn't mean this to be biased. Oh, oh, didn't you? Oh, didn't you now? My, and then you've got Chris Matthews. So the Democrats have set up this conundrum. If Trump stays in office, he's going to steal the next election. If he leaves office, then he won't steal the next election, but we don't actually have the grounds to oust him. So you have Chris Matthews, who's out there doing the, the full-on Democrat routine. Will I over here? Come on, the show. Come on in here. Now that Trump's been impeached, he's going to do anything to stay in office. He'll just do anything, as opposed to before when he would do anything to stay in office. Now he's definitely going to do anything to stay in office. It's as though I had a conclusion already written in my head, and then I just kind of rolled in here all rumpled. And I was like, let's just say it again. Ha, go. He is now ugly because he used the word the other day. Impeachment is ugly. I'm now ugly. How's he going to react to this? He's now ugly in history. He is ugly in history. And how's he going to react to that? Is he, you know, is he going to break worse? But I'll tell you one thing that's going to do to him. He now will do anything to get reelected because it's the only way back for him right. is, to, is to double this, to win twice, no matter what the deep state Fake media, etc., etc. Et he has to win the next time. He's ugly in history. I mean, like super ugly. Super. Is he gonna break bad? Is he gonna start cooking meth? Is that what's gonna happen? Are we gonna have Trump meth with big T? Won't be go- it won't be blue. It'll be gold. Ha! Chris Matthews. And so, what exactly is Nancy Pelosi going to do now? So here's the problem for the Democrats. Yesterday was a big day for them. Like, yeah, we impeached the president. Now he's definitely not gonna be the. Oh wait, like now, oh. Like, this has to go to the Senate, and Mitch McConnell runs the Senate. Mitch McConnell went off this morning specifically because Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have decided upon a stratagem. 
What exactly is their stratagem? Their stratagem, get ready for it. Their strategy is that if President, if, if they do not get the procedures that they like from Mitch McConnell, they may withhold the impeachment articles. So they won't allow a Senate trial. They'll just hold it. They won't send it over to the Senate. The Senate, by the way, gets to decide its own procedures the same way the House gets to decide its procedures. And Nancy Pelosi, she actually said this morning that they may not convey, that they may not convey the articles of impeachment to the Senate. So Pelosi is, is she announced this. This is actually late last night. Maybe we won't convey it. Maybe we'll just sit here until we get the impeachment procedures that we want, which is basically like that scene from Blazing Saddles where the black sheriff, in an attempt to avoid his own lynching, puts a gun to his own head and threatens the townspeople that he's going to shoot himself. Like, this is the Democrats going, it's the Democrats saying, if you, if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to commit suicide. If you do not change your procedures on impeachment, we just won't send you impeachment. How about that? How about that? And then he won't, and then he'll be, he won't be, and then you'll, and then... <laughs> What's the logic here? Here's Nancy Pelosi again. This is from, you can tell it's last night. She's wearing her Palpatine, her Palpatine emperor, absolute power robe. Here she goes. Well, again, we'll decide uh, what that dynamic is, uh, but we hope that the, the resolution of, of that process will be soon in the Senate. Oh, well, she's not going to, we'll see. We won't appoint impeachment managers until after the Senate does what we want. So Mitch McConnell gets up on the floor of the Senate this morning. He's like, what are you, are you joking? Are you joking? Are you looking at me? Cocaine Mitch? You're looking at me? A turtle who deals actual crack cocaine? And you're telling me that you're going to play with me? Does this look like the face of a man you play with, says Mitch McConnell? Here he goes. Speaker Pelosi's house just gave into a temptation that every other house in our history has managed to resist. They impeach a president whom they do not even allege has committed an actual crime known to our laws. And then McConnell goes on. He's like, and so your plan is to your plan is to threaten me by not allowing me to hold a trial on the impeachment articles you are so confident of. So your your pitch is if Trump isn't impeached, like Chris Matthews says, then he'll just he'll do anything to win. He'll cheat. He'll call the Chinese. He'll have them bust over voters in Iowa. And, and so your plan is to not submit your articles of impeachment to the only body capable of removing President Trump from office and to threaten the Republicans with this, looking petty and idiotic in the process. That's your plan? That is your strategy. How do they think this is going to play? Do they think the American people are going to be like, well, you know, she's totally right. I guess, that, I guess that we can't have a Senate trial until Mitch McConnell does it the way Nancy Pelosi wants. Or is it going to be like, listen, we already are not super fond of this. You want to drag this out by not even just submitting it so we can get it over with? You're the ones who rushed this thing forward in like two months with no evidence sufficient to support a criminal indictment. This is this is your strategy. And not only is this their idiot strategy, they're trotting out their best and brightest to defend this ridiculous idiot strategy. They're trotting out Kamala Harris in the Senate. So I don't know if you've got a functional brain. I do not know how the person you choose to be the face of we need fair procedures is the senator who tried to suggest that Justice Kavanaugh is guilty of a bevy of rapes for which there was no evidence. That's what Kamala Harris did. She trotted in like Michael Avenatti's fake victims or at least evidence free victims. And she started like telling their stories 
in the middle of a Senate hearing to try and thwart Justice Kavanaugh's appointment to the Supreme Court. Kamala Harris is a joke. So what does the New York Times do? They go and they get her to write an editorial on this. Will McConnell let the Senate hold a fair impeachment trial? Yes. Tell me more about fair due process standards, Kamala Harris. I mean, that is when you're not jailing mothers for truancy. I mean, tell me more, mistress of justice. When you're not suggesting that everyone you dislike ought to be thrown in jail. Could they have found a worse face for this particular thing? A worse front for this particular thing? According to Kamala Harris, as a former prosecutor, I understand the importance of holding powerful people accountable like truant mothers and sending them to prison. I know that every trial requires fairness and truth, just like in the Justice Kavanaugh hearings where we didn't do justice and we didn't do truth and we just vomited out a bunch of allegations with no evidence in order to smear a dude because we didn't like his perspective on Roe versus Wade. Kamala Harris, I mean, what? I don't know if the New York, like, do they have a mirror over at the New York Times? Do they have any sense of self-awareness over at the New York Times? This is, it's so amazing. Like every time there is a story about a bad foreign policy incident for the Trump administration, supposedly, they trot out like Susan Rice to talk about honesty, a person who lied to the American public repeatedly about Benghazi. And then when there's a problem in the DOJ, they trot out Eric Holder, who called himself Barack Obama's wingman to talk about honesty in the DOJ. And now they're trying to talk about fair hearings on the Senate side, and they trot out Kamala Harris, the least fair person in the Senate. It's unreal. The lack of self-awareness is just shocking. Kamala Harris writes, having worked my whole life serving the people, I know that any trial that abandons the pursuit of truth cannot be considered just or fair. Justice Kavanaugh, 1,000 times Justice Kavanaugh. She says, but the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell appears more interested in covering up the president's misconduct than in pursuing truth and fairness. He is already trying to limit the impeachment trial by preventing witnesses from testifying. He has all but announced a verdict. In doing so, he showed the American people he has no intention of honoring his oath. I, I, I feel like um, Kamala Harris, who's already suggested that she backs impeachment, maybe she should recuse. Maybe Elizabeth Warren should recuse. In fact, maybe all the Democrats should recuse since a huge majority of them have already said something about the impeachment. She said, Kamala Harris says, let's be clear. Mr. McConnell doesn't want a Senate trial. He wants a Senate cover-up. Well, um, it seems that Nancy Pelosi doesn't want a Senate trial either since she's not actually just sending. See, they can make these same complaints after McConnell does it. This is, the, this is the part where you notice that the Democrats have nothing because they can complain the same way Republicans did when House Democrats were shuffling through incredibly narrow rules of order on the impeachment side. The Republicans complained about it. Democrats could do the same thing. They could say, listen, we did the process. The Republicans were unfair. Trump got off. That's because they're unfair. Instead, they're like, we're not even going to submit this thing. We're not going to submit it because if we submit it, then it won't go our way. And it might turn out that our charges are extremely weak. Ridiculous. Ridic and again, Kamala Harris is a rep. Adam Schiff is a rep. Could you put forward worse representatives of the we are impartial truth seekers? Sure. Sure you are. Okay. Time for a quick thing I like and then a quick thing that I hate. So things that I like today. So there is a, a great video that was going around from Northwestern University of a special Olympian named Stefan Zita singing the national anthem before a Northwestern, I believe it's a Northwestern baseball game. And uh, it's just it's just wonderful. It's, it's pretty great. That's good stuff. America is still a pretty great country, even if our politics is 
broken, stupid, and, and backwards. It just is ridiculous. Other things that are good. So today, a good thing from the Trump administration, U.S. Ambassador Grinnell over in Germany, Rich, Rick Grinnell, who has been just put upon by the left. They, they hate Rick Grinnell because he happens to be a gay man serving in the Trump administration. Germany, at, at, in cooperation with Grinnell, Germany banned Hezbollah in its entirety. They, they called it a terrorist group, which is a very important thing because Hezbollah currently runs Lebanon. It's about to start a war with Israel. That will happen inside the next two to three years. It will be very ugly. It'll be very bloody. This is what Hezbollah does. Having Germany at least on the right side of that battle is a big win for the Trump administration and a win for Western civilization. The fact that so many members of the EU continue to do business with terrorist groups speaks to their lack of moral rectitude. And this is why whenever people say, why don't we listen to what the Europeans have to say? Yeah, when they start actually treating terrorism seriously in the Middle East, then I'll start listening to their moral preening because I, I, I'm not I'm not feeling it. OK, time for a quick thing that I hate. So Michelle Wolf was so bad at comedying that she lost her job on Netflix, which is nearly impossible to do. I mean, Netflix doesn't even release viewership statistics. And Netflix had hired her because they wanted a re- they didn't have enough left wingers. They needed somebody who was so wildly to the left that they could then brag about how wildly to the left she was. Well, she did a comedy routine the other night that really does speak to the difference in tone about abortion that has occurred on the left. So it used to be every abortion is a tragedy, every abortion, is, but they're necessary in some circumstances. And we can't make that very hard judgment for a woman. It's a bad argument, but at least it's an emotionally appealing argument. And then you get to Michelle Wolf. This is not just a bad argument. It is not even an emotionally appealing argument. It's actually it's actually just her being ex- extraordinarily evil. I mean, what you're about to hear it does sound like a Nazi eugenic celebration of the killing of the unborn is what you're about to hear. And this was cheered by an audience. When, I mean, th- this is this is hideous, hideous stuff. Here's Michelle Wolf being both unfunny and also an awful human being. And we don't talk about abortion in a real way. We talk about it in a very legislative way, but not in a real way. So I think a lot of women have a lot of apprehension surrounding it. You know, we talk about it so negatively that you feel like you should have this sense of shame after you get an abortion. Well, you can feel any way you want after you get an abortion. Get one. See how you feel. (laughs) You know how my abortion made me feel? Very powerful. You know how people say you can't play God? Um, yeah, so that's, um, that's a person being an evil person. I mean, that is, that is, that's last Palpatine reference of the show, I promise. That is Emperor Palpatine, absolute power. Okay, and there goes Mace Windu. But the fact is that when you have people who are openly cheering the fact, I mean, what made her feel like God there? I mean, analyze it for just a second. What made her feel so powerful? See, I don't think she's lying. I think she's being honest about how she felt. I think she probably walked out of the abortion clinic feeling very powerful because she had gotten to define life on her own terms, which is not only playing God, it's also playing Satan. I mean, that is about as evil as it gets. I felt like I was playing God when I took this human life and I killed it for my own convenience or for any other purpose because I felt like defining it that way and thus I got to end it. And this is the same lady who once suggested that, that an abortion isn't killing a human life. It's just preventing it. It's like a DeLorean. She, she actually made this comparison. She said it's like Back to the Future and the DeLorean preventing an activity in the past. Yeah, except for the fact that it's already a human life. If you want to prevent the, the formation of that human life in the first place, 
in the vast majority of cases, we're not talking about rape. We're talking about a consensual sexual activity. There's a pretty easy way to prevent pregnancy. Birth control does exist and or not having sex does exist. But in any case, Michelle Wolf championing the abortion. I mean, this is a shift in the language, in the tone, in the tenor of the left. And then you wonder why evangelical Christians support President Trump. You don't have to like President Trump's treatment of women. You don't have to like the fact that he says nasty things about people. You don't have to like a lot of things about the dude. But if the alternative is a Democratic Party that thinks that that is funny, a Democratic Party and an entire political wing of the United States that cheers and laughs when a human being says about the killing of an unborn human being that that killing made her feel powerful like God. Like that's, I will vote for pretty much anything before I vote for anybody who laughs at that joke. I mean, that like really, I'll vote for pretty much, and, and evangelical Christians feel the same. See, what the left wants to do is say, you have no moral standards if you vote for President Trump because President Trump is a bad man who's done bad things. Okay, well, then what does it make you to vote for people who want abortion on demand all the way up to point of birth and who refuse to even acknowledge the humanity of a baby five seconds before it comes through a mother's vaginal canal? Like You're going to have to explain that one to me. Which is more immoral, voting for a president who has allegedly sexually harassed women or voting for somebody who has pledged to make abortion on demand not only legal across the country, but celebrated in our culture? Which seems worse in terms of politics? I'm not talking about who you'd rather have babysit your kid. I'm not talking about who you'd rather go to dinner with. I'm talking about the fundamental principles at stake when you talk about partisan politics. In an environment like this, an environment this polarized, this is why, unless the Democrats were willing to push forward an impeachment that was actually supportable by facts, unless they're willing to push forward an impeachment that was so overwhelming in its, in its criminal standards of proof, this was going nowhere from the outset. Because if you think that anyone is going to go along with the Michelle Wolf wing, simply because President Trump doesn't know how to talk on phone calls and says dumb crap a lot. You are thinking about this thing all wrong. You're thinking about it all wrong. Yeah, the, the, I said in 2016 that the election was not a binary choice, that you could choose to abstain. And what I meant by that was that you could say, neither of these candidates meets my preferences, that you could back out of the fight. And you could basically say, listen, I don't know which timeline is going to take precedence here, but it's important that we at least signal that we don't like any of the candidates that are on the table because if you never say no, then you're never going to get to a candidate where you, where you say yes. But now we live in a new reality. Okay, the new reality was created by the 2016 election in part, but 2016 was also a recognition of an underlying reality that a lot of people in politics just didn't want to accept, that our politics are fundamentally broken and that there are two separate visions of the country that are increasingly divergent. And if you're go if the question is, Vote Bernie Sanders or vote Elizabeth Warren, who has pledged to wear a Planned Parenthood scarf to her inauguration or vote for President Trump. That decision is increasingly easy and Democrats have made it increasingly easy. How the, the death of comedy, by the way, is another adjunct to this. According to the critics, Michelle Wolf is incredibly funny, but Louis C.K. in the aftermath of the allegations against him is no longer funny. These are the same people who suggest that Hannah Gadsby is a true comedian because she's destroyed the meaning of comedy. Is there anything that the left isn't destroying at this point? That's not to say that the right is, has a t it's, is scot-free when it comes to the destruction of American standards. It isn't. But I don't see a lot of people on the right saying that it felt good to play God while they were aborting a baby. That's hideous stuff. All right, we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. Otherwise, we'll see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Rebecca Dobkowitz, directed by Mike Joyner, executive producer Jeremy Boring, senior producer Jonathan Hay, supervising producers Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling, technical producer Austin Stevens, associate producer Colton Haas, assistant director Pavel Wydowski, edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Caromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera, production assistant Nick Sheehan. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. Well, ho, 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 hum, the Democrats impeach Trump. They seriously do not know how little we care. But I'll tell them on The Andrew Clavin Show. I'm Andrew Clavin. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.